you ever see a trailer for a movie and think, God, I wish someone would just tell me what happens in that movie? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Get Spoiled, where we discuss the movie so you don't have to see it for yourself. My name is Samantha Herman, joined as always by my co-hosts Jeremy Knight and Chris Wilson, and today we'll be spoiling the feature film Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Do you knife and fork that? No, I ate it with my hands. Yeah. What the fuck, knife and fork? I don't know. Maybe they're really frozen. Who are you, Mr. Pitt? <laughs> they are very frozen. <laughs> <laughs> they're very frozen. What's your point? Yeah, uh, that makes it better for picking up and eating. I Not prefer worse. knife and fork for most foods, okay? That's all I'm saying. I know you do. But your favorite food is peanut M&M's. <laughs> And cheese pizza you you with, with knife and fork. And free bread. Got all of that. I told someone the other day, I have a friend whose favorite food is free bread. <laughs> I was talking about you. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> I like to be talked about. Yeah, I know you do. So thanks for letting me know. You're welcome. Are you ready to hear what happens in part two, Jurassic World feature film? Jurassic Park, part five, colon, Jurassic World, part two. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Yeah, I guess. Can we just, couple, can we just do some broad strokes, Jurassic World, part one, colon, Jurassic Nights, (laughs) turns Jurassic Days. Are you asking what happened in that movie? Yeah, like Chris Pratt, he was like a, rap, a velociraptor, like whisperer, right? Yeah, he could like talk to them. Yeah, yeah, he was like their main trainer, and he was training one named Blue. This will be relevant for part okay. two. Oh, oh right, um, Blue. I remember Blue. He was like all all folksy with it, and you know, he was like rancher calling this raptor. <laughs> yeah, and Blue like, had like extra. Hey, it's a girl. Um, it was a female. <sighs> Um, uh-huh. but yeah, but she had like extra capabilities. She was like newly bred from the dinosaur DNA. She wasn't right. just well, a replica of like original style. What was, uh-huh. what, what, wait, what were, she was bred she from, was, she was a special raptor. All right. Fuck it. And then <laughs> science, it's a science yeah, film. Science. There. Did, did they start a new park though? Or like what, why did they go back to the Island? What was the, what was the plot? machinations Whoa, and all that asking the big questions yes, here the park was back in action and bryce Dallas howard's character was like an administrator bigwig and her nephews came for the weekend and right. like chaos ensued and she and pratt teamed up to save the day because i think the right. t-rex got in a fight with something else like they escaped or something and at the end it was so destructive that the park was closed down Right. So, it's so really, it sh- they shouldn't have called it Jurassic World. It was still park based. It should have still been Jurassic Park. Correct. It was hey. still very park based. How's those mangoes? 
They're so good. <laughs> They're a little cold. Um, <laughs> that, that, them some cold mangoes. I like to eat them when they're frozen. I find the the flavor is even better. I enjoy a dried mango. Oh, me too. I like them all. Um, and all. It's true. All mangoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One yeah. minor point that I really enjoyed from Jurassic World One, Part Eight, was uh, <laughs> how um, Bryce Dallas Howard. She was a corporate bigwig, like you said, and she wore high heels, and she wore high heels for the whole movie. Yeah, they and made then, a real like, joke of it. Uh, they made for a joke of it. One. Yeah, I loved that. Oh, they uh, they followed up on it in this one. Okay. They yeah they did because it was a whole thing. It was like an internet yeah. explosion yeah. about those goddamn heels. I, I did not that. like it. It bothered me, but I that, liked the joke. But it bo- like I was distracted by the heels. I kept looking at them like no, this doesn't make it. sense. It makes no sense. I mean, Chris Pratt can talk to raptors, but Bryce Dallas <laughs> Howard retaining those heels makes no sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I can accept the, the dinosaur part, but not the footwear. Yeah. Well, one can be explained by science, and the other one cannot. <laughs> the other, well, the other element to this this movie is not only do we have the beloved Jurassic World cast, but we bring back some OG park people, right? Namely, Goldblum, the legend. As Dr. Dr. Ian Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah. And B.D. Wong as Dr. Wu, who I believe was the original geneticist who figured out how to take uh, blood out of mosquitoes trapped in amber and then re-engineer the genetic code from di- for dinosaurs from that blood because the mosquitoes suck blood out of dinosaurs in Jurassic times. That Correct. sounds that's how, very that's scientifically accurate. Yes. That's exactly how it worked. <laughs> And furthermore, thank you. Thanks, Michael Crichton. They did all of that so that Wayne Knight could steal their work and <laughs> smuggle it away in a barbersol can. Because he wanted to sell it to a rival company. Yep. Yeah. Science. That's awesome. What an awesome premise. That is fantastic. You know, I will say the the sole positive feelings I have going into this are that I like Jeff Goldblum, and I like B.D. Wong. Yeah, I like them both, too. I do, too, but I don't want to get too spoily ahead of myself, but um, it's a very limited Goldblum. The excitement is palpable. Does anything happen? (laughs) So much happens. I don't even remember. I saw the movie, like, two weeks ago. This is going to be interesting for me, too. I'm already exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. I can't tell one dinosaur from the next. I'm going to try my best. All right. Uh, (laughs) Opening credit sequence begins like 100 miles with the, like, text 100 miles off Costa Rica, which is the site of the original island. It's called, like, Isla Nubla or something like that. Nublar, yeah. Wow. (laughs) I remember Isla Nublar. (laughs) Nublar. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the whole thing is destroyed. Like, it's post Part one, part four, what have you? Last the last well movie, uh, and like it has not been fixed up. It's just in this destruction mode. The dinosaurs are still there, roaming free, um, and this group of explorer expedition people arrive by helicopter to the island, and they're looking for samples <clears throat> to salvage of the DNA and what have you, and. They seem to be going okay with it, and then all of a sudden, one of their teammates on the ground is attacked. He's running, he's running, he like gets up on the ladder of the helicopter. It looks like they're going to be able to fly away with him, and then one of the larger dinosaurs like leaps up in the air and just chomps him off the Kinda ladder. Dinosaur. 
I don't recall. I think it was the T-Rex, maybe? It was a carnivore one. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is going to be smooth sailing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Jeremy seems to have standards here when it comes to I, I nomenclature. I, I actually, yeah, I do. I, I actually don't really like this franchise. Full disclosure. I know that's going to upset some of our listeners out there, but like, I don't even think Jurassic Park One is really that good. But, I don't uh, either. I do love dinosaurs, and I do take nomenclature very seriously. Um, so, Sam, just do your best and. Uh, <laughs> He'll weep silently. You're going to be very disappointed. Okay. Yeah, okay. So a dinosaur that you think was a T-Rex jumped up and ate a dude before he could escape. Ate an expedition dude. Yeah. Okay, back in the States, we see on the news that the park has been totally dismantled and there's been all these lawsuits. The owners of the park have paid out $800 million to various victims and it's still in, like, litigation mode and there's no business going on there anymore and um in fact the island is poised for a volcanic eruption like any day okay. now and oh. uh <laughs> <laughs> sure any day, any day now like any Talk day about now. destruction mode yeah and when that volcano erupts all the dinosaurs left on the island will be naturally made extinct and clean you know no must no fuss like it's all over so there are two groups of thought. One is let that happen. Like we disrupted nature. Nature should take over and deal with this mess. And another group says, no, we should go save them. They're an animal like any other endangered species. And animal rights activists think there should be intervention. All right. Uh, okay. All right. I, 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 that sounds like a story. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, I mean, when you put it like that, it sounds like a, not a terrible plot. Yeah, it's uh, a movie. Just like as yeah. a basic basic approach. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Encouraging. <laughs> so Bryce Alice Howard is one of these interventionist modes of thought people. She runs a nonprofit, Save the Dinosaur Foundation. She no longer works for the park organization or any of the affiliated parent company. She's no longer a corporate bigwig. She's now like a boots-on-the-ground activist. Oh, she she flipped. She flipped big time. Yeah, she flipped. She joined the the lefties. Yes. So All we right. see a congressional meeting that she is watching on the news um, to discuss whether or not the U.S. government will do the intervention or not. And that's when we see Dr. Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum for the first time. And he, to my surprise, was a non-intervention supporter. That's okay. not surprising. I don't remember anything yeah. from the first movies. Yeah, he's a he's Malcolm. a chaos guy. He yeah. he wants he wants things that to things that are going to happen should happen, mm-hmm. essentially. Or he, that's what he believes in chaos, right? That's his whole thing, chaos theory. Yeah, and the inevitability of collapse and and the, right and that the natural order will be chaotic, but will be inevitable. Right. Yeah, so that's basically his point of view, and also that what they did in the first place was uh, out of a natural order and shouldn't have happened at all, and this is yeah. the way to go back to 
how it always should have been and to eliminate this unnatural blip. Otherwise, he believe, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, he thinks this will be an escalating problem, not just contained to this group of dinosaurs. So that's his, he speaks to Congress, that's his point of view. They agree with him and they decide to do nothing. And it's like the volcano will happen or like whatever happens on an island will happen and so be it. Great, good. Um, and end of movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a five minute short film. <laughs> I still an appropriate executive decision was made. <laughs> I still job, have everyone. a follow up question about Goldblum. Yep. <laughs> what What was he wearing, and yeah. how Malcolm was Malcolm? Uh, yeah, like, a suit. And a, suit. A, leather? a leather suit? No, it's like leather? a normal suit. A black uh, suit? Maybe blue. I, I, it was, uh, like, it didn't really, wow. it wasn't popping, if that's what you're asking. He's Did he, was he wearing dark framed glasses? Yes. Perhaps was he, ring. did he have greasy curls? Not really. He looked pretty put together. Hmm. It was a pretty brief scene. He just was sitting there in front of Congress. It was uh, all seat based. Okay, so, like I said, she's running the foundation. She sees the news about Congress's decision to do nothing, and she's really upset. Two of her coworkers at the foundation are Franklin, a male tech nerd hacker figure, and Zia, a female um, dinosaur vet who has never met a dinosaur in real life. So she just studied it theoretically. A dinosaur like a, vet. Like a paleo oh, I see. Uh, biologist. Sure. Basically Laura Dern in the first movie. All right. An expert who has never <laughs> actually had the opportunity to meet a real dinosaur. Yeah. So Dern. Remember those two. They are in the movie significantly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really look forward to going on this adventure with them. They sound like interesting, really well-fleshed-out characters. <laughs> So Bryce Dallas Howard gets a message from the James Cromwell Foundation. Um, <laughs> that's the name of it? No, that's, it's James Cromwell. He has a foundation. She gets a message okay. from the organization asking her to come to his estate in Northern California, which she does. Is, he, is his foundation different from the foundation Bryce Dallas Howard runs? Yeah, his foundation is just like a general rich guy's philanthropic foundation. Okay. Not, All right, like a Gates situation. Yeah. All right. Was so, he in the last, in, in, in Jurassic Park 4, Jurassic World 1? It took me like 30 minutes to reconcile whether or not he was a pre-existing figure in any of the movies. Because I've never seen two or three of the originals, and I don't think he was. No, he wasn't in two. I don't think he was in three either. I couldn't tell you. New figure. Jurassic Park. By the way, Jurassic Park two is the is a garbage movie, and it's the worst movie Steven Spielberg ever made. And I just wanted to put that out there in this cast. I wanted to get it on record. It's the <laughs> worst movie he ever that. made. She goes. She goes to the estate in Northern California. She's greeted by Rafe Spall, who is actively running it because James Cromwell is unwell. Um, so he's given most of the reins over to his underling, Rafe Spall who Bryce Dallas Howard has met in previous occasions in, like, the philanthropic scene. So they know each other a little bit. And he gives her a tour of the estate, which is a, like, giant multi-level mansion. It's, like, out of the way or on, like, a huge parcel of land. So it's just isolated. This will matter later. 
Uh, and it basically looks like a dinosaur museum. They have, like, installations and recreations, and they're deep into liking dinosaurs. And he shows her uh, this, like, model of a new island in the middle of the museum, and he says, yo, we created this safe haven for the dinosaurs. It has its own, like, natural, like, wall surrounding it that would keep the dinosaurs inside it, they could do their own thing. It would not be a theme park. It would have, like, no commercialization. It would just be a way for them to be spared. And we've created and you, it, man-made, and it exists, and it's, like, in the middle of the ocean. Well, where is it? Okay, it's in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Okay. This is, like, a he, standalone island that they made. Like, like, close to America? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Let's just say middle of the Pacific Ocean, I assume. Yeah. So we Cromwell's like, yo, I love dinosaurs, and I have a new home where they. Yo, I made this crazy island. Yeah, well, yeah. Do you want Spall, it? Yes, no. Yeah, it's Rafe Spall yeah. telling her this on behalf of Cromwell, and we learn right. through their dialogue that Cromwell was the original Jurassic Park co-founder, along with whatever that who was it? Uh, Richard Attenborough. Richard Attenborough. Yeah. So they oh, were partners were at the time. Had a parting of ways mysteriously. We don't know why they had a parting of ways, but they did, and. So he was no longer part of it, but he's always had a soft spot for the dinosaurs and still cares and wanted to make this safe haven. Meanwhile, his granddaughter is, like, running loose around the mansion, just getting in the way of the conversation. She will be important later, so this is how we meet her. She's just, like, always up in everyone's craw, running around and, like, eavesdropping. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds <laughs> like a character that was really enjoyable on screen. Sounds whimsical. Not. Did, um, it's not, did, but... Did they, did they kill Attenborough, like... I know he didn't die at the end of the first movie, but I guess they wrote him out somehow in one of these, in maybe Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic Nights, or I, one of those I movies? think his character is dead, but I don't know the backstory. He's dead for show. Yeah. In the book, his character dies awesomely. He gets rip, ripped apart and eaten by his own creations, the tiny little ones. Oh, that's oh, cool. Yeah. Which, which are known as composignathesis, if you wanted to know. Um, but, um, good. This is going to um, bode well for my dino knowledge. Bro. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> you just dropped that knowledge. Bro, they're called uh, comfies for short. No was... big deal. No big deal. That was deep. Um... Let's talk dinos. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's gonna just. I'm trying. So, Race Ball says, "Do you want to help with this? If so, we need you to come with us to Island Nublar to save the dinosaurs and bring them to this new safe haven. And we need your access code that." apparently still works from her time working for the company access access code to the park yeah like the computers and their tracking systems just all the tech okay. on site of the park all right it's one 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 just tell them yeah, no they need her handprint yeah, you don't need me to go there with you. It's one 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 one. Yeah, just type it in. It'll be Enjoy. Fine. This park's in destruction mode. I don't want to go there. Yeah, let me know how it goes. And they're like, uh, since Congress has officially said we're not doing anything, this is like an off-book expedition. Um, it's illegal for us to go and save them, but we're going to do it anyway. And also, as you may recall, there's a volcano poised to erupt any day now, so we really have to get going. Yeah, a lot of urgency here. Yep. Uh, yeah. He's like, so she's like, I don't, like, I'll go, but I can't really wrangle them. He's like, well, I think you might know someone who can. 
I know you've been waiting for it. Like, where's Chris Pratt in this film? He's here <sighs> now. <laughs> I don't I, think either of us, I don't think anyone asked that. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I briefly forgot that he was in this movie. <laughs> um, you know, nothing against the man, but I don't know. I did not particularly enjoy him in the previous, in Jurassic Park Part 4, Jurassic World Part 1. <laughs> he's my least favorite of the four Chris's. I enjoy him, but he's my least favorite. I like him. Chris's. Pine, Pratt, uh, Hemsworth. Hemsworth and... Evans. Evans. Thank you. You like... Okay, Sam, let's hear it. What's your full order? My overall favorite is Pine. Correct. That's the right answer? I I believe the hunkiest is Hemsworth. Okay. Who, so he's my number two, and I okay, feel on. like his like uh, outward persona on his social media and interviews. I really enjoy Chris Evans. He's my number three. Interesting. Interesting. You've thought I, about this? Yes, I have. Pine okay. is number one, and you you got that right, so that's fine. <laughs> he's obviously number one, and Hell or High Water is the best thing any of the Chris's have ever done. <laughs> that's just a fact. Oh, and his Captain Kirk Very is. Good. His Captain Kirk is just bananas good, too, actually. His he's Kirk a fucking is legend. really good, yeah. Yeah, true. he's a legend. I would put Pratt above Evans. Interesting. But still, Hemsworth is number two. I guess. Yeah, I guess. All Chris's are great. <laughs> my, my, my actual favorite Chris is on this podcast with us right now. Um, gee, you make, you're making me blush. I forgot. Yeah, it's five Chris's. It's five Chris's. <laughs> yeah. Where do I fit into your top five, Sam? Maybe like three. <laughs> Have you guys noticed how much we don't want to talk about this movie? I'm ready. <laughs> Just wait for you to like, uh, get back but on track. Do you want yeah. to talk about this movie? I'm... I don't know what you're talking about. I'm dying to know what happens. <laughs> dying. All right. Let's get to it then. Jesus. Okay. So she show- Bryce Dallas Howard shows up to convince Pratt to help her. He says, no, that's insane. It's not going to go well. Uh, also, I don't want to. It's very dangerous. Also, <laughs> you broke up mm. or I broke up with you. And she says, no, I broke up with you. So they have that little spat. And she says, don't you remember how much you loved Blue? How can you let her just get extinguished like this? But fine. Peace. I'll be on the plane tomorrow regardless. See ya. And then he watches some touching videos of his former training of Blue. Gets a bit sentimental. And the next morning, of course, he shows up on the plane. That's so boring. What the... (laughs) Yeah, you flew through that with great speed. Thank you. Good. What, yes, thank you. One quick, one quick question. What was his career? What What did he end up doing on the mainland? Uh, Good question. I don't know what he was doing as a career, but when she approaches him, he's building a cabin. Like he's doing Got carpentry it. for himself. Like in the forest somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course he is. Of course he is. I like him a little better now. <laughs> yeah. Is he like, uh, does he, is he like listening to southern rock or something yeah and then they go to like a towny bar where they have this conversation you you get it oh see i know that pratt <laughs> yeah yeah it's that pratt. i know that pratt we all know that pratt that pratt usually has a beard no beard hmm, okay i thought maybe important, he'd shave it yeah, important questions <laughs> he'd shave it for the dinosaur trip <laughs> yeah as i'm back I'm, I'm back in profesh mode i'm here and i shave. streamlined yeah <laughs> Um, so it's, okay. the, it's the four of them on the plane. Bryce South Howard, Chris Pratt, and the two colleagues of hers, Zia and Franklin, who I mentioned before. The hacker and the vet. Yep. 
So they arrive at Isla Nublar and are met by a military squad that has already been sent ahead. Same mission. Uh, led by uh, an actor that I was not particularly familiar with, but he's like a 50s hard military taskmaster taskmaster type. I think his real name is Ted Levine, so I'm just going to call him Ted. And Ted he, Levine? Yeah, is he in stuff that I should know? Uh, yeah, Ted Levine is... It puts the the lotion in the basket. Ted Levine is Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. He's one of the most terrifying actors to ever be on screen. Oh, well, it's him then. Do you remember when he tucked his dick and balls in between his legs and did a weird lady dance? I do I remember that. I sure do. I didn't re- I realize it was it. him. <laughs> he gave me nightmares for many years. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Look that, that up is while I keep going. Ted no, Levine. But, no, but I'm pretty sure that that is the name of the guy who's in this film. It is. I'm on as I'm DB, and everything you say is true. Okay, well, he is also, this he is guy's also been in a lot of stuff. He's one of the a scariest lot dudes ever. Of stuff. Yeah, legend. Well, Buffalo Bill. Forgive me. I do remember no, the Dick and Balls thing now. Him. Now that you've brought it to my attention, uh, so. <laughs> he was very scary. Very scary. Well, he's kind of scary in this. He's squad leader, and he just wants to, like, hit it and quit it. He just wants to wrangle the dinosaurs and get the hell off the island. So they use okay, Bryce Okay, but he, sorry, yep. he, uh, he's, he's employed by the Cromwell Foundation as well. Yeah, they just arrived ahead of the new yep. group. Yep. Cool. And so they're, like, a security task force kind of deal? Security and just, like, dinosaurs are big and they have, like, tranquilizers and they will, like, physically facilitate whatever Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt like, enable for them. All right. He's the Muldoon of this film. <laughs> Clever Muldoon. girl. <laughs> Muldoon is such a good name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, okay, let's see. They use Bryce Alice Howard's handprint as discussed, get the systems running, the hacker does his thing and gets, like, everything off the ground. They use the tracker that's, like, everything is just working fine somehow. Um, and they use the tracker that's on blue to locate her because... Because of the thing I said before, that she had, like, special skills embedded in her, if they get her to, like, herd where they need her to go, the rest will follow. She She's a leader figure. Got it. The blue yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, blue. Okay, so there's still... Sorry. <laughs> there's still only one blue, as far as we know? One of her kind? Correct. Okay. And she's a she's just a genetically enhanced raptor, right? Yes. She's a raptor like all the others, but there's some secret sauce in her. Exactly. And she's okay. called blue because she has blue stripes on her face. Really? Yeah, I remember that. Shiny right. blue sparkly stuff on her face or her head or something. Okay. Sure. That's a bit of fun. <laughs> it was hard for sure. me to keep track of who the hell was who. But okay, yeah, so they use Pratt's connection with her. He and the vet lady on the team set out to go find her and, like, calmly try and get her on board. And, like, she's rattled. They do find her. And she's in, like, a bit of attack mode because, as we discussed, destruction mode on the island. But Pratt, using his soothing ways and his relationship with her, is getting her to settle down slowly but surely. Like, it's working. Mm -hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, Bryce Dallas Howard and Franklin are back at base camp inside the facility with all the computers and screens and stuff. Yeah, they're uh, hacking. They're hacking. Hacking and watching. Um, yeah. So 
Blue is about to get on board and start doing whatever they want her to do and take the instructions, but Ted shows up and shoots her anyway with his team against Pratt's will. Pratt is knocked out and basically left for dead. They, they knock him out. Yeah, he's not like there's a tussle and he gets knocked down, hits his head. And they do not care. They are not going to save him. They're about to kill the doctor. But she says, you shot Blue. You need me to save her. Vet-wise. So you need to also save me. Which they relent and do. We realize now that maybe this expedition is not what was described to us. And is more nefarious than we could have dreamed. Except that I always knew, because Rafe's ball seemed super creepy. And I knew he was bad all along. But... We'll come back to his plot or his uh, his motives in a second. Yeah, he's have, have we seen any Cromwell yet, or he, Cromwell's just only been discussed? Um, no, we saw him. We did see him. He was all into it. Like he's pure of heart. He wants to save the dinosaurs. I'll come back to him. He's not in it okay. too much. Um, right. But it but, seems as if he's old and not. You know, he's trusted his right hand man, Rafe Spall, and whatever, and so that this nefarious dealings are happening under his nose. Exactly. Perhaps. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, that's how it All seems, right. and that is what is true. All right. Um, so Bryce Ellis Howard and Franklin the Hacker are still in the facility. They realize something is going wrong. The place closes down on them. They're trapped inside. The volcano starts to erupt. This chaos Ooh. is happening on the island. Right um, on time. Yeah. They said it would. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. per your question, my next note is back at the Cromwell Estate, Rafe's ball meets with Toby Jones, the actor. Another creep. Yep. And we learn from that conversation that they're not taking the dinosaurs to the new safe haven island. They're actually bringing the dinosaurs back to the mansion and will be hosting an auction to various global mm-hmm. rich people. That's right. literally their plan. That sounds like a weird, like... Scooby-Doo villain plan. Yep, that's their plan. The granddaughter, who I mentioned before, scurrying around, overhears this conversation, runs up to her grandfather, Cromwell, to repeat it. He does not believe her, won't give her the time of day. He's like, go to bed, like, I'll talk to Rafe's ball tomorrow. Like, this can't be true. You must have misunderstood. Yeah, no no one would, be, would have such a <laughs> Scooby-Doo-level nefarious scheme. It's just so stupid. It is. You darn so kids. <laughs> Like an auction. Like, can't you just find one buyer for all and just be like, look, we're going to make a deal with you. We're going to sell you all the dinosaurs. But no, they're going to parade them out one by one. Yep. Put ads in the paper. Come to the dinosaur auction. It's at our house. Refresh- Light refreshments will be served. I'm picturing in, the movie. In the yeah. market for a velociraptor? <laughs> I recently caught Taken on television, which, you know, holds up. It has some pretty watchable parts. And, uh, Remember at the end of that when he tracks his daughter down and he stumbles upon a, a sex slave auction and his <laughs> yep. own daughter is in the sex slave auction? Yep. Anyway, I do remember that. I'm and then picturing he kills that. everyone? Yep. He kills everyone. Every, every single person in the film. Yep. He kills everyone. He kills everyone. Um, he shoots an innocent woman, but he doesn't kill her. He just maims her as a warning. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm picturing, that was dark. I'm, I'm picturing dinosaurs being trotted out in a weird sex auction. <laughs> And I hold want you and the listeners to if I had that. Like ho- horny men in the audience. Like, yeah. Five million. Yes. Yes. 
And the dinosaurs that... are kind of tarted up, like they're wearing makeup and shit. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Stegosaurus in a tutu. <laughs> nice. I can see that. Well, before we get to the auction, we have to get the dinosaurs to them. So, uh, also back at the Cromwell estate, there's like a bit of weirdness about who the granddaughter's mother is. Uh, they like tread weirdly about it. The daughter's dead. She's the granddaughter, James Cromwell's daughter's daughter that he's been raising. But he has a picture that he keeps looking at, which clearly is the mother, but we don't see it. And there's like a vibe around that of like, why can't we see it? Like, there's a mystery there. And Geraldine Chaplin is like her nanny and Rafe's ball makes Geraldine Chaplin lock the kid in the attic and she's just does it. And I found that weird. She's a bad nanny. Hmm. Um, so that's that happening weird. back in California, back to the Island. Gerald- Geraldine Chaplin is in this movie. I'm that's weird. Anyway. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, Okay, so Bryce Dallas Howard and Franklin Hack, the hacker, see that lava is coming into the facility. Like, it's dripping through some open ceiling areas. Um, and they're like, oh, man, we got to get out of here. So they start to go down a tunnel, but then they see there's a dinosaur coming. Don't know which type, Jeremy, but a bad one, a scary one. Well, uh, describe it. What kind of dinosaur? What did it look like? Like a... Please say a dinosaur. Yes. I knew you were going to say that. Fuck you. The funny thing is that one. I care. This is this is funny because I care about dinosaur names too. But it's really funny how mad you're getting about that. Is you, isn't it supposed to be me who's getting mad about this? Okay, it, yeah. It looks like a T Rex style, I know. but smaller. A what? But smaller. A T Rex kind of style, like body type, but smaller. Like was it a t- raptor? Tiny arms. Not a raptor. Bigger than a raptor. Yeah. Allosaurus. <laughs> was it an Allosaurus? Was it a Diplosaur? Would it make you feel good if I had just said yes to one of them? Yeah. Okay, that one then. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I feel good. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> so they can't leave the tunnel. They're trapped in the facility. The doors are all locked down and they can't hack in. Um, lava's coming. They realize that there is an upper portal in the ceiling. If only they could reach it. They get a chair just in the nick of time. Uh, they're able to stand on and climb their way out. And then they close that on the dinosaur, which made me feel weird because she's a dinosaur savior, but she just murdered that dinosaur by locking it inside a lava-filled, about-to-be-blown-up facility. Anyway, they're saved. And I, I don't blame you, actually. I, I looked up what dinosaur it was. It was a baryonyx. Um, That's not was, a thing. Uh, yeah, it was a theropod dinosaur, and then it was part of the early Cretaceous period. <laughs> and Sam's description of kind of t Rexy is pretty accurate. Thank you. Great job. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. It was a, it was a baryonyx. <laughs> You're a baryonyx. <laughs> I'm not going to stop doing this, guys. Like, what else do you want from me? Do you want me to care about the characters? I don't fucking think so. No, I actually like this to see how off I am. Okay. So that's what they they got away from there and killed. Yeah, they get away from that. Meanwhile, Chris Pratt wakes up and he runs away from lava and Mm -hmm. jumps behind a log and is saved. Like, it just is, um, that's where the lava stops, uh, at a log, a fallen log. Um, yeah, lava was... lava can't burn through logs. Everybody knows that. 
Is so, it a wood log? Yeah, it's just a fallen tree log. Yeah. Well, oh. Yeah, oh. Wood. It's wood, wood log then. Just yep, making just sure. Just a basic yeah. log. <laughs> and and a fallen log, so dead. So it's dead wood as well? Yep. Very flammable, you'd think. Oh, yeah. Um, no, not at all. Nope, you're wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, he's fine. Then he's running toward the facility. He... Bryce House Howard, Franklin, they reconvene. So it's the three of them. The doctor, female, is with the military group because she was taken to Safe Loop. So they're running through the island. It's, like, erupting. Dinosaurs are also stampeding away from the eruption, um, almost stampeding them. They find one of those pod things from the first movie like the yeah, you can go through scenery yeah the bubble they oh, find the that. gas bubbles <laughs> those were kind of fun yeah yeah it was didn't um, they go around on some sort of a track or something like that no they were no, just like free they're like free form yeah oh like rolling around like hamster balls but it was like a car exactly yes. Right. So they find one cool. of those. It's still fully functional. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard and Franklin get in it. Pratt doesn't get to them in time, but he's like, just go, go, go. So they're driving off, um, and they go all the way to the end of the cliff and just, like, fly off into the water below. As they are being chased by all the dinosaurs and volcanic smoke, that Chris Pratt, like, triumphantly runs through at, I guess, um, superhuman speed, because he's fine. Um, mm-hmm. and Thank God. And is breathing perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> he leaps into the water to the pod, shoots at it to try and save them because they're drowning. It's filling up. The bullet ricochets off of it and hits him. That will never be mentioned again. So he was struck with a bullet? It hits off the pod, ricochets back to him in the water. Underwater. Correct. Oy. He goes back yep. up for air. They're drowning. They're drowning. They're scared. They're scared. He comes back down, and he's able to, like, pry off the door with a pocket knife that he has, and they <laughs> are fine. Wait. Wait. The bubble ball car yep. is full of air, right? Well, it's filling yep. with water, though. Okay, it's filling up with water. Yeah. Because it has vents or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's near to the top. They're, like, at the top trying to get their last breaths. All right. Um, yeah, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Everything else about that, of course, also makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. Um, somehow, and this is not me being geographically challenged. I did try to look this up. They, like, find everyone else. They find the whole military group of people and all the dinosaurs that they were able to save on, like, a big freighter ship. Everyone's being loaded onto it, as many of the dinosaurs as they could get, and all the military guys. So they're still on Ted. the shore? They're on the shore of the island. Yeah, but somehow from being near drowned, they like found that across the island, even though yep. the island was volcanically destroyed. I don't know how, but they did. So, so, so someone stayed on the ship and then like went out and was collecting people from the water? Is that? No, collecting just from land on like the o- other side of the shore. Like, oh. a different side of the island from where Bryce Alice Howard falls into the water in the pod, like, across the island was the freighter, and they were doing their own saving of the dinosaurs. Because they had left everyone for dead of the Pratt, Bryce Alice Howard people. They were just doing their own thing. You know what? I don't really care. <laughs> All you need to know is that a freighter is being loaded, and many dinosaurs have been saved. Female doctors there. Great. Tending to them. 
they are able to climb aboard in secret and, you know, some disguise play and sneak on the boat and watch in horror as the rest of the island explodes and they see one of the, um, like, kangarooiest dinosaur, like the longest-necked one, Jeremy, anything, herbivore one. Kangaroo? Not kangaroo. Um, uh, you're talking about like a brontosaurus kind of thing, like a long neck, a big guy with with his tiny head and he fat. Yeah, body. I don't even mean kangaroo. I don't even know real animals. I meant giraffe, giraffe type. I long thought you neck. meant giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, like a kangaroo giraffe, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm picturing it. I don't know which one it would be. It's like one of the uh, gentler ones. Uh, could be an allosaur or an allosaur. No, 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 no. Um, allosaur is like a T-Rex. Yeah, it's like a T-Rex. Sorry. Uh, Diplodocus. Diplodocus. <laughs> uh, good reference. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're going to go with uh, what you said. Giraffe. Lizard. Lizard giraffe. <laughs> yeah, Kangaroo. It, like, it's Kangaroo all, giraffe lizard. They're heartbroken as it is engulfed by the volcano. And so like not every dinosaur was spared. They are sad. Except not that okay, so sad you... because they did kill one before, as noted in the facility. But whatever. Um, so they're on the boat. Her. They find the doctor. They find Blue. Blue is still shot. Blue is still recovering. Not in great shape. And the doctor says the only way we can even potentially save her is to get a blood transfusion. But I don't know which has the best blood to donate. The closest, based on my assessment of like whatever the hell her DNA is, would be the T-Rex. So do me a solid and go find the T-Rex and uh, you know how to tap blood? And Bryce Althauer was like, I volunteered for the Red Cross once, so cool, I'll do it. Um, so she and Chris is that, Pratt, is that a Is that a comic relief kind of thing? No, because then they go and find the T-Rex. Every saves dinosaurs in their own little car area the cruise ship cabin yeah like shackled and it's i was sorry sorry this is this is to save blue to save blue yeah we're gonna get t-rex blood because it's the closest in genetic match yes they don't have any other raptors wouldn't a raptor be closer in match because it is a raptor they don't have have any raptors no they don't have any raptors i think they do um, I don't know. That's what the doctor tells them to do, so that's what they the do. The fuck is happening? That's so stupid. <laughs> they didn't have anyone with your scientific knowledge of dinosaurs <laughs> on this boat, Jeremy. You should have been there. I should have. And speaking of which, I, f- I followed up. The long-necked uh, herbivore uh, kangaroo lizard giraffe was probably a parasaurolophus. A parasaurolophus. <laughs> Thank you. That's from the late Cretaceous period. <laughs> Great. Uh- <laughs> uh-huh. um, so they tap the T-Rex. It's a bit of a scary scene. It wakes up, attacks. She, Bryce Dallas Howard, escapes through the top of the cage and then opens the latch to let Chris Pratt out. Oh, they get latched in. Someone comes around and is like, oh, this door shouldn't be open. So they get trapped in. So that's how they get Are you out. kidding me? I am not. Uh-huh. And they do the transfusion, all is well. Back in California, the granddaughter escapes from her attic through some, like, dumbwaiter thing. She does it, like, four times in the movie. Um, And she goes into the basement, (laughs) 
where she hears Rafe speaking with B.D. Wong, as noted as the geneticist. He's making a new dinosaur based on blue, but, like, an even more hardcore blue. Yeah, okay. So this is a... I'm just going to jump in here because I'm getting into the dinosaur part. This is an Indoraptor. Correct. And it's a new genetically engineered dinosaur using the DNA of the Indominus Rex, which was already like a mega T-Rex from the last movie, and a raptor. Yes. So it's like blue extra. Plus the Rex. And Wu needs... But Wu needs blue's DNA. Yeah, so that's what the expedition was in the opening scene. So not even just any raptor's DNA will do. It has to be blue's. Correct. Right. That's why they were so hot to trot to make sure they got blue and have it didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. A new mega, mega dinosaur. Yeah. So they have one. He's done (laughs) like the best name. (laughs) He's done like a bunch of iterations on the Indoraptor, and this one's Mm -hmm. like the closest to being the final version, and it's in the basement in its own cage. Um, out of sight of Cromwell, who has no idea about this. Cromwell finally clues in, and Rafe kills him because he's got uh, he's hooked up to different like medical screens, and he just smothers him. So it's not like crazy that he died. He just expedites it through some light smothering. Yep. Uh, yeah, just sort you mean of, not suspicious. Correct. Just a gentle nudge into death. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's so bit, this it's barely murder. <laughs> yeah, barely murder. That's a charge. It's like murder esque. Yeah. Like now, a light hand of murder. Yeah. He's been so Wu has been brewing up all these trial um Indoraptors. Yeah. It, but but the version he's got in the basement, which is like his best his best effort yet, still doesn't have blues DNA in it, right? Um, it, yeah, it needs, like, further tweaks, and they well, haven't, like, I don't know if they, they have, I think, no, I think they already had some of the DNA from the early, like, opening credit expedition. Of blue? Yeah, I think they just want to, like, make a whole, like, team of it, and blue, because she is the leader thing, they need to have, like, a tribe of them. They need to learn from her. They physically need her, not just the DNA. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I just, I'm a scientist. You know that. <laughs> I think they need her behaviorally and okay. genetically. All right. It's what I gathered. And, like, all the previous iterations, like, there's not, like, a whole batch of, like, not the best ones. There's just this one. In case mm-hmm. you were wondering about that, too. I was. And I, I was, I've been wondering about a lot of things. And I've. <laughs> been trying to limit my questions i really have don't limit on my account but i mean i i'm limited myself this podcast is going to be six hours long by the time <laughs> we're done with it they need blue they need them or her yeah. for some reason yeah okay fine fuck it let's go and we'll see the indo and what it's meant to do a little bit later in the auction i haven't left that hanging i just haven't gotten there yet um, so Rafe kills Cromwell, Jardine Chaplin comes up and is like, oh dear, he's dead. Um, I guess I should take care of the granddaughter. And he's like, nope, I'm her guardian now. You're fired. Good day to you. She is never seen in the film again. What? Yep. That's, uh, Charlie Chaplin's great granddaughter? Great or just grand. Not sure. Um, 
Oh, and we see well, a picture of she's like, honored. She's honored her father and her legacy in this film. <laughs> um, she we see a picture of a young Geraldine Chaplin with a look like of the kid. She's like, but I raised her mother too, or like I've raised. She says that I raised both of them cryptically. Remember that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. She's just Charles. She's just Charlie Chaplin's daughter. Oh, just straight, straight up, up daughter. Interesting. Straight up daughter. Uh, I guess she was a late in life child of his. Anyway, okay, so more mystery. Uh, Geraldine Chaplin was involved in the raising of the mother who remains secretive. Correct. Or, okay. Yeah. So the military crew finds the Pratt and the Bryce House Howards and everyone uh, on the boat, imprisons them. They So this is in Costa Rica, and from an article I read online, should take five days on a boat journey, like mm-hmm. conservatively. And it takes, like, half a day or maybe a day in this film. Yeah. Uh, so that happens. They get there, like, right quick. Because Toby Jones is like, we need to get them here. Like, I'm assembling all the buyers. And, like, they better be here. Yeah, Sam, this is a world where <laughs> lava can't destroy dead logs <laughs> and high-heeled shoes never come off. Oh, wait. I didn't tell you. She wore the high heels in the opening scene, but then she's been in, like proper boots ever since she went to Isla Nublar. What a betrayal. (laughs) (laughs) You can take the lady to Nublar, but you can't take the Nublar out of the lady. (laughs) Or something. Um, So all human heroes are imprisoned in the basement of the mansion. The auction is underway. Like, they don't wait at all. They're just like, oh, they got here? Cool. We're ready to go. Because they don't want to... I don't want to waste any time. So, so all the it, all the interested people are just kind of hanging. Yeah, no, it's happening. Like they've offloaded all the dinosaurs, like right straight into the auction, and imprisoned our human heroes. But but what Chris is asking, I think, is are the buyers there in person yes, or are they yes. like skyping in? Mostly in person. Okay, so there's like they're a runway like... of dinosaurs. That's awesome. So they're like having a sleepover party, <laughs> just waiting for these for these. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> These raptors and crap to show up? Yep. Yeah. Are they, like, all wearing monocles and drinking martinis and stuff? Kind of. That's what, cool. Yeah, they're what kind, of, what, kind of buyer, what kind of buyer's club are we talking about here? Just, like, rich from Asia and Euro rich folk. All dressed up, drinking. Loving it. So it's like, it's an event. Love yeah. <laughs> Loving it. Yeah, Loving they're not it. like... Oh, honey, check out that Triceratops. Yeah, they're not what like government beaut. agents doing it on behalf of a country. They're personal buyers. I'd, I'd be there. I'd fucking love dinosaurs. <laughs> I'd be there, and I'd be loving it. Would you try to go... Would you try to make, like, a small investment in, like, a little cute dog kind of one? <laughs> um, Like something yeah. docile? Yeah, they weren't going for that much, donkey. in my opinion. They were going for like, like some of the more basic ones, like single-digit millions. Mm. I'd probably go for like a pterodon, something flying. Well, that's um, a that's a commitment. Yeah, but then I have a flying monster hell beast. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. Yeah. On the other hand, and hear me out here, you have a flying monster <laughs> hell beast. So. Well, the auction's going, and um, (laughs) they bring out the marquee item, the Indoraptor, and they do a little showcase. And what it does that's, like, beyond blue is that it can be fully weaponized. If you, like, point a little laser thing at whatever, 
get the interrupter's attention on it and then like click this sound button, it will attack on command. That's it. Well, and it has like just all the other like strengths and instincts and just like above average qualities of the raptor. Does it have like adamantium or some shit? (laughs) No. I feel like you could have trained Blue to do that. Like, attack the thing I've told you to attack. Yeah, here's a clicker and a laser. Like, it's like, <laughs> just like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a cat. <laughs> I don't know, man. They made a big deal out of it. And uh, people start trying right. to bid on it. And BD is like, no, no, no. This one, the, this isn't ready. It's not for sale. This was just a prototype of the batch that I'm going to be creating. We just want to give you, like, a sneak peek. But Rafe is like, no, man. Like, the money's hot. Let's just do it. So yeah. he does. This start isn't to, clarified uh, beforehand. To I'm sure Rafe, me, I'm sure Rafe lied to Doctor Wu a little bit. Yeah, he's just going with it. Like, there's an interest, and he's ready to make a sale. But it wasn't meant to be on the docket. It was just supposed to be uh, a showcase. Surprise item. Yeah. Cat pounce <laughs> raptor dog. Yep. So 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 it's uh, it's up for bidding. Up for bidding. Meanwhile, back to Chris Pratt and Bryce Ellis Howard. They're trapped next to where some of the, like, haven't been trotted out dinos are in the basement. And through Pratt's just ability to communicate with them, they get them, like, kind of hot to trot. And they break the wall between them and they get out. Of course, yep. Uh, Of course they do. And they finally meet up with the kid. She recognizes Pratt from the training videos of Blue because she has watched them as a fan. so she's The granddaughter. Some, the granddaughter, yeah. So she has some trust in him because of that. Um, okay. BDH gets wounded in this escape, and she's like, go save the kid. I'll be fine down here, but the kid needs you. Chris Pratt, go after her. They have a meeting with Rafe. They get in a fight, and he's like, you don't save this kid. You don't even know what she is. And that's when we oh, finally... Oh, shit. That's a good twist. Finally learn. I kind of knew, but... Well, whatever. That she's actually a clone of the daughter. She was not a true-born granddaughter. She was just cloned from James Cornwell's late daughter, similarly to the dino cloning process. And that's why he and Richard Attenborough had their parting of ways, because he thought that was, like, beyond the pale. That's great. Attenborough thought it was beyond the pale. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a thing. That's yeah, a thing. Cool. That's that's cool. That's a lot of fun. I'm a little disappointed that she's just a clone of the daughter of the mother. Yeah, like it wasn't a clone it, of anyone. Uh, it like, more, more interesting than that. Just his own right, kid. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of boring. But um, the fact that she's a clone that's rad. So she's upset. She runs off. Chris Pratt runs out. Runs off after her. We see Zia, the doctor. She's with BD in the lab where he was making all the. Indoraptors and all the training or the trials and stuff. Mayhem is breaking out in the auction because of the dinosaurs that were let loose in the basement with Chris Pratt. Just everything is in chaos. Uh, the auction people are running, trying to escape from the house. Um, Toby Jones is eaten in an elevator trying to escape. Seems like nice. he's about to get away, but then the dinosaur is like smart enough to like push the button and open the elevator door and get them? No, they're not. <laughs> well, it happens. Uh, Clever girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not Pratt. smart enough to do that, but okay. 
Um, let's see. What else? Okay. Pratt and the granddaughter go up to Cromwell's bedroom. She finds him dead. And the Indoraptor has escaped from the auction and has, like, climbed up the facade of the mansion. Instead of just, like, running free and being like, I'm, like, a dope, like, extra skill dinosaur. I'm just going to go do whatever I want. It climbs up into Cromwell's bedroom to menace the granddaughter and Chris Pratt. They escape. <laughs> They're outside on a ledge. Oh, Chris Pratt before was like, we can't let the Indoraptor get out of here. Like, it's way too dangerous. Like, that's the one number one thing like we need to prevent right now. So he and the kid are outside on, like, scaffolding outside um, the mansion, just trying to get it on level ground. Back to where the Doctor and BD are. Franklin, he's been, like, a real puss the entire movie. Like, scared of everything. Scared of going to the island. Scared of the ship. Scared of having to Ooh, fake... The- the hacker? Franklin the hacker. He's been, like, the most stereotypical, like, scared nerd the entire movie. And finally he shows them. now. Yeah, he finally shows some stones and, like, knocks out a guard to help the doctor. They unleash some raptors from a cage, and they just kill a bunch of guards, which I thought was, like, pretty brutal, but whatever. That happens. And they also escape. Um, back to Pratt and the granddaughter, they're on the top of a huge greenhouse roof, which we have not seen before, but it's all like a glass enclosure thing. And the Indoraptor is like walking toward them on this roof. It's getting very close, getting very scary. Um, off the opposite side of the roof, Bryce Halsauer finally shows up and she's got the like clicker thing, the control thing. Mm-hmm. And so she and Pratt, like, through eye contact, formulate this plan. He runs at the Indoraptor, and then she clicks, like, to make him the target. She, like, you know, points a thing at him and then clicks the sound thing just as he's running mm-hmm. at it, which makes the Indoraptor crush the glass of the roof because it leaps at him. But uh-huh. the Indoraptor is, like, so dope that it actually gets its footing... And doesn't fall all the way through. So they're about to get chomped again. When, just in the nick of time, Blue attacks. Blue! Blue! Yeah. (laughs) Both Blue and the Indoraptor fall through the ceiling. The Indo is impaled on dinosaur bones in, like, the... That are there on display. And Blue lands on top and is fine. Awesome. That's awesome symbolism of that i really dig it it's a little bit like rampage <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the beloved animal comes back shows you know true colors and, and such yep <laughs> yeah. and it um and, and science so much science both of and them it's science and it getting the indoraptor getting impaled on the bones of a dead oh, dinosaur wow that's, I, very... that's some beautiful symbolism and imagery there <laughs> It was kind of cool. And a subtle callback to the end of the original film, uh, Jurassic Park 1, Jurassic Days, when, uh, you know, that movie ends in the uh, the skeleton room, um, like the museum part of the park. Anyway, whatever. I don't remember anything. I li- okay. I'd like to have a room called a skeleton room. <laughs> yeah, you know, the bones room. The room with the bones and such. Uh, okay, so blue... Room. The Bone Blue Room. That's the, name of our, that's the new name of our <laughs> podcast, by the way. The Bone Room. Um, 
Blue. It's a different kind of podcast. Blasazum, Indo's dead. Rafe gets killed outside, like stampeding and being chomped while he's trying to run off with some of the DNA that he Rafe had. Rafe gets killed? Yeah, he gets killed. Yeah. Our main five <laughs> heroes now, including the granddaughter, go back into the basement where some of the dinosaurs are still being lodged. And the doctor tells them that, like, in the midst of the attack, uh, like, something was hit where it's now all filling up or, like, depleting their oxygen. I don't know. Something is happening in the place where they're being stored that they are now going to all pass out and die if they don't get into, like, free air. In the basement of this house. Yes. Something malfunctioned and they're all suffocating. It's a hydrogen cyanide gas leak. Don't ask me why they have hydrogen cyanide running through their home or, like, why that gas <laughs> exists at all. I don't know. What, it sounds like poison. I don't know why you'd have it. Maybe to kill all the dinosaurs. and Maybe it's an emergency way of killing all the dinosaurs. So Okay, so hydrogen cyanide gas rushing in. Everyone's going to die. Yeah, and so Bryce House Howard is looking at the hatch door, and there's just, like, a button that says open. She like, should press that. Well, she stares at it. She's like, I don't know what to do. Like, she wants to. She wants to save them. But Chris Pratt is like, but if you do, like, it's irreparable. They'll be, like, fully, like, in California, roaming free and uncontrollable. So it's a big decision. And she ends up closing the button. Like, there's a thing that covers it. She puts that back on. She's like, I can't do it. Like, it's not my choice to make. And... She turns away from it, and she's really upset, and then the kid flips it open and hits it herself, because as a clone herself, she has sympathy towards these dinos. Yeah. Okay. How old is this kid? I don't know, like 10? Okay. The dinos run free, and now they're in the, like, the Lockwood Estates, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, they're just roaming free. Uh, right. And we just see them, like, they're flying free, running free. They're not doing anything, like, bad, per se. Like, we don't see any calamitous events of it, but they're just, like, integrating into whatever the hell they want to be doing. In so the not destruction mode, regular mode. Regular mode for now. Regular um, mode. Pratt and Bryce House Howard, they have gotten back together, as you can imagine, in the midst of this. They, like, share a kiss at one point, and it's just, it's back on. It's, like, unspoken. Um, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> They leave together, and while they're driving, I think they have the kid with them, too. While they're driving, they, like, drive past a flying dinosaur next to the car, and they're like, well, cool. We did this, and the film ends with Goldblum back in Congress monologuing about how change doesn't always happen, like, in one, like, big bang moment. It can happen more subtly, and you don't even realize it's happened, and... That's what's going to happen if we let these dinosaurs evolve. Like, this isn't even related to them being free. This is in general of why he didn't think they should have been saved in the first place. It's just back to that scene. And it's like, well, uh, like, humanity's reign of the world is over now. Welcome to Jurassic World. End film. God. So he's just saying, like, this has happened. Dinosaurs now exist in nature, in the world the same way as bears and robins and worms do and that's just the way it'll be yeah that's a that's a bold choice yeah it's kind of ominous uh, yeah hmm. um huh uh samantha herman yeah how did you feel when you 
exited the cinema having seen this movie fresh freshly um i'll tell you one thing that really bothered me which we didn't really touch on they barely play the theme music except for a little touch at one point in the movie and then a little bit in the end credits and i was really disappointed by that that's unacceptable yeah so i hear you i see you i feel you um (laughs) i'm here for this (laughs) I'm, i'm here for this uh the one thing i will say is that is because we're in this world of all we do is keep making the same franchises over and over and over again, that I'm noticing is a move that filmmakers are pulling now when they're doing the eighth or ninth movie in these fucking franchises that have these iconic theme songs. They all sit on it and they're trying to like tease it. Um, a really good example of that would be what Ryan Kogler did in Creed. He did not give you that theme music and he teased you the whole movie and then he finally gave it to you in just a taste and it really worked there. I'm noticing that lately. It's like yeah, but when he did it, the taste that you got was a meaningful taste. This was like a scraps in the end credits. Yeah. It was a nothing yeah. taste. Just play the fucking song. That song Just the rules. whole time. It's the best yeah. part of the original. It's all I want. But so how I felt throughout the viewing, somehow I felt very scared at moments, and also <laughs> simultaneously very bored. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's like a hard state to find yourself in. Yeah, doesn't and I happen was there too often. Like multiple Scared times. Scared and bored. <laughs> you know, it seems like some... they're mutually exclusive. But this 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 film seems to have taken you to a very particular <laughs> emotional plateau upon which you have rarely rested <laughs> yes. prior prior to now. Yes, exactly. So in that regard, it, it was a unique viewing. Yeah. Lovely. That sounds lovely. I enjoyed from from my experience of hearing you describe your experience at the movies. I I took away some. I thought some of the big ideas were kind of interesting. Certainly that ending monologue by Goldblum, and the whole um, love the granddaughter being a human clone, loving that. But the action sequences, uh, I could tell from your lack of enthusiasm in describing them. It yeah. just seemed like. Like foregone conclusions uh, to the nth degree. They were very uh, lackluster. Yeah, like some of the like themes were interesting. When Congress met and they had the debate, I was like, "Oh, I'm interested in this. That is a debate worth having. I'd like to hear both sides and see where this movie goes." And then it was so boring. Yeah, yeah. that was the part that interested me. Is like, and then they kind of, it seems, really didn't take that anywhere because whoever they were like sending over there to get the dinosaurs was just like, "Okay, I'm gonna have me a." Big old auction. Yeah, I'm doing it anyway, and then I'm going to sell them all to the highest bidder. Hey, you. Hey, you government. I don't care about anything you had to say. Ha ha. Yeah, I'm doing I, this. I'm with you. I, I would actually, at this point, I'm so sick and... I love dinosaurs, but I'm so sick and tired of these movies. Like, I would rather watch a courtroom drama starring Jeff Goldblum and some others debating the ethical merits of dinosaurs. And I don't need to see a dinosaur... The entire movie can take place in the courtroom, like it could be like inherit the wind, That'd but be about a dinosaurs. Cool ass movie. And I would be, I'd, I'd be down that. with that. 